Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Los Angeles, California. Welcome to the show, Jeff Love. Hey, Victor. Thanks for having me. Well, great to have you here. Welcome back to the show. The last time you were on the show was in January of 2020. It's been a lot's happened since then. We've had a pandemic. We've had some inflation. We've had an upturn and a downturn in the housing market. Lots going on. But before we dive into the details, maybe give a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. I always wanted to be in real estate, actually a real estate developer, but going through college and then decided to go to law school, wanted to learn about the law, thought it would help me with real estate. I kind of got the bug somewhere that I like to be behind the scenes, like to help different real estate investors at different stages from contractors, first-time investors, large syndicators, and really help them at different stages of their projects. So 15 years later, I'm still here behind the scenes helping small to very large investors um, with their real estate journeys. There's a view right now that transaction volumes are down, that there's not quite as much happening both on the investment front or even in terms of transacting in real estate, in particular commercial real estate. And yet my perspective is that lawyers are just as busy as ever, but they're doing different things. What what say you? That's absolutely true. There are, we're seeing you know big slowdowns, as you can imagine, in, in office space. But when you're seeing that, we're getting calls from many clients wanting to try to change their office space to condominiums or low-income housing, different items. Industrial is still through the roof. Interest rates are slowing things down, but we there are a lot of cash buyers that have been kind of waiting for those deals to come out. So they're still buying. The interest rates haven't affected them. So while you see a slowdown maybe in a segment of certain investors, there's uptick on the other side. We're seeing that as well. And are you seeing a whole lot of activity for modification of agreements, uh, perhaps even some distress in the marketplace. I know I'm seeing, I won't say a flood, but a steady stream of distressed opportunities coming in almost daily, multiple times a week. And that's a market difference from even the summer. What are you seeing? We're seeing a lot of potential loan workouts because office-based tenants they may not be there. The buildings are, are half full. They're giving out more concessions, but retail as well. Buildings have still been vacant from the pandemic. They haven't been able to get the same caliber of tenants or the same rent. Concessions are being demanded. So the cash flow just isn't there. And what we're seeing are certain lenders are being accommodating, but we have a lot of clients that were in more difficult loans, CMBS loans, where they're very, very hard, if not impossible to negotiate, that are starting to lose properties. Yeah, we're seeing that as well. And my perspective is that when these deals come into the marketplace as distressed deals, there are, I'll call them vulture funds that are waiting in the wings, ready to scoop those up. And it's the Blackstones, it's you know some of the bigger players that are some of the bigger brand names on Wall Street that have amassed pretty sizable war chests to go after these distressed deals. What kind of opportunities are you seeing before things go over the edge of the cliff? Are there opportunities for restructurings of equity investors to come in with perhaps preferred equity and things like that in order to salvage those situations before they go into, into absolute distress? There are. We actually have a client in that 
specific situation, a develop, big development project in Nevada. And she's working with many different advisors to bring in an additional set of preferred equity investors to avoid, basically avoid foreclosure because we weren't able to work out the underlying debt. So that new kind of mezzanine level of of cash is going to go in and save and save that project. Um, we have other another client. He's not able to get the amount of debt he needs to basically refinance because the the cash flow isn't there. So he as well is bringing in a new level of call it you know mezzanine preferred investors because that lender wouldn't allow any type of junior debt, which is typical. When you're bringing in junior debt, and you're I'm sure kind of on the front lines of negotiating a lot of these terms, the equity, at least on paper, if you were to run a spreadsheet today, looks like they're underwater, looks like they're wiped out. But at least if you're bringing in preferred equity, they get to live and fight to see another day as opposed to being, as opposed to an outright loss. The preferred equity comes in, takes a, maybe a disproportionate share of ownership and they're in the most preferential position but it really is providing a service that's of extreme value to those equity investors, even though it might feel a little bit punitive in the moment. Is What's your perspective from, from these discussions that you've been in directly? I, I think you hit it you know, right on the head. It's, it is preferred equity. So from the outside, it looks like the company's doing okay. It has the cash, but that preferred equity really is, you know, you can think of it kind of like a mezzanine level of debt because they are getting a preferred return before other investors. They'll have a liquidation preference Will they'll be paid first. They might have outsized voting rights. So for all intents and purposes, they are, they are superior to your common investors. But without them, especially with development projects, the project may not even go forward. So in one sense, you know, they are coming in and they're saving the project, giving the common investors a fighting chance. And they're also protecting, you know, it's not with as much risk for these preferred investors because their money is coming out first. In those types of deals, is there offer an offer, I'll call it a pay-to-play offer for the common investors to also pony up and participate in the preferred equity round in order to preserve some of their position? I've seen that a lot of times what will happen is the the manager or the sponsor of these entities is going to go to their investors first and say, do you have the money to kind of help us out of this? And a lot of times the answer is no. So while they might have a uh, kind of pay to play, as you put it, they had already had that opportunity. They just didn't have the cash flow. But many of the agreements we have will have certain rights for common investors where they they have a right to invest with any new investment, especially if they were uh, you know, not the founders, they put in a significant amount of capital. But often what we'll see is they don't have that capital, which is why the, the sponsor had to go and find that preferred equity kind of mezzanine debt. When investments go sideways, we often hear about it just resulting in a lot of anger and litigation. In many respects, what's happened in the marketplace has been out of a lot of people's control. I mean, no one would have predicted at the beginning of 2022 that the Fed was going to do what it did. And yet it's really that rapid rise in interest rates that is the principal cause for a lot of the distress that we're seeing in the market today. How often are you seeing this just, okay, people are saying, yeah, I understand this is what's happening in the marketplace. And then, of course, you know, in the United States, people can sue anybody at any time for anything. And sometimes they do. 
are you seeing a lot of these deals just getting tied up for what might be extended periods of time in litigation? I have a few. And, and the advice to that is have the communication with your investors. The deals that I've seen that have, are having a rough time, but haven't been tied up in litigation are because you have a sponsor that's very communicative with their investors, talking to them, explaining, you know, you see this in the market. This is how it's affected us. So that investors, you know, kind of have a, not a seat at the table, but a seat at the table where they understand what's going on. So things aren't a surprise to them. The, the deals that I've seen that, that that do have lawsuits from disgruntled investors that lost you know lost money or potentially are going to lose money are the really the ones that have been left in the dark and the investors that probably shouldn't have been in the deal to begin with because they didn't have the excess cash that you know losing that fifty thousand hundred thousand dollar investment is a much more painful financial loss than other investors so they 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 need to get that attorney to fight because they can't handle that loss. So avoiding that type of investor and being able to disclose and have those conversations has dramatically reduced litigation for the clients that we've had those conversations with. Fascinating. If you had advice for be it investors or deal sponsors today, just based on what you've observed over the last six to nine months, if you had the top two or three tips, what would that be? One we just hit, you, you've, you've got to have that open line of communication. The market is constantly changing. As you mentioned, interest rates are going up. We have scary world events going on. You need to communicate with your investors. Uh, investors need to talk to their sponsors so that no one is left in the dark. And that's going to avoid confusion, misunderstanding, and potentially problems. The next one is, I think it's related. For new projects, when you are starting out, if you're doing a new development project, a new syndication, you need to over-disclose. We've had a lot of deals lately where things have been, uh, you know, not thought that they were relevant and they've turned into big issues. So now more than ever, given the past, past few years, you need to disclose all the risks to your investors because that not only makes them informed, but it's going to protect you. As and say the last, you know, the last tidbit is it's a tough economy for a lot of people, a lot of investors as well. I've had a lot of clients that are trying to cut corners. You know, I I don't I don't need I don't need legal counsel. I don't, you know, I can use my normal accountant for this. Um, not having the right advisors has really started to cause problems. I've had a couple clients using their, you know, tax preparer to do their returns for these and they don't understand, you know, complex waterfalls and these distributions. And it's created a real nightmare once they realize that it wasn't done correctly and going back, having to fix prior returns. So while you think you're saving money, you're going to actually end up spending more in the long run. So just make sure that you have the proper team in place, especially if you're the sponsor because you have fiduciary duties to your investors and saving that dollar today, most likely is going to cost you much more down the road. Absolutely. I love it. Well, Jeff, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? Uh, we have a fantastic website that kind of goes through our practice and bio. So please check out our website at www.gibbsgiddon.com. If you have questions, I'm always happy to talk about real estate. Feel free to call or email me as well. Fantastic. Well, Jeff, great to catch up. Great to connect with you. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Jeff Love 
at gibbsgidden.com. The link will be in the show notes. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.